This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's always good to start the day with you, and we have been hopefully providing you with tools in some of your relational dealings. Uh, We've been working through Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. He structures the book around four Gs, glorifying God, get the log out of your eye, gently restore, and go and be reconciled. And we've been spending some time with Gently Restore. Over the last couple days, we've dealt with principles of restoration. And today we want to begin um, just talking about communication guidelines, um, how we speak to one another and how we listen to one another is so vitally important. And the first thing he talks about is bring hope through the gospel. And as believers, there should be gospel in our communication. That our, Paul would say that our conversation should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Mm-hmm. And so every time that you're engaged in conversation, um, some of that res- gospel residual work should be, should be there. Mm-hmm. And that plays itself out in how we listen and in the words that we speak. So today we're going to kind of focus on the listening side, and then tomorrow we'll look at the the tongue and how we can use that in a way that's God-honoring. So the general category is be quick to listen. James says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so what we're going to do is just going to go over five different categories that Ken Sandy uses about this how to be quick to listen. And the first category he uses is waiting. And so I'm just going to throw these out to you guys and then let you develop them and illustrate them and expound on them. I'm just going to be quick to listen. So what does he mean by waiting? Well, you know, oftentimes people take the tactic of ready, fire, aim, you know, and that's exactly, of course, the opposite of marksmanship where you're supposed to aim first. It says in Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it's to his folly and shame. And oftentimes, I think all of us could maybe fall into that where we just spit off a quick answer before we actually listen to not only the words that are being spoken to us, but more importantly, what we have to do is we have to listen to the heart oftentimes behind the words being spoken to us to know where they're really coming from. So here, when we are on the air, you might hear us sometimes interrupt somebody else, jump in. Um, That's because dead air is not good radio. So we're trying to not be rude (laughs) to one another. when you hear dead air, it's because we're waiting for somebody else to speak. (laughs) So we're trying not to be rude, but we're also trying not to give you lots of long spaces of nothing on the radio. But when you're in conversation with somebody else, sometimes it can be very, very tempting to, as they're talking, 
really not be listening, but thinking, what am I going to say in response? Mm-hmm. And if they give you a period mark, you know, if they have a pause, we're quick to jump in when they're only collecting their thought to continue. And you need to make sure that that individual has talked through whatever that issue is for them. And this can be especially true for if you're someone who is maybe more quick-witted in your mind, is works quickly and comes to conclusions quickly. You may be talking with someone that is a little bit more plodding along and they may come to just a break in their sentence as Jonathan mentioned and, and your mind's ready to go, but you need to rein in and hold back and wait and make sure that they've finished their thought. And it's also true that if you are, a, if you are inclined to be defensive, that uh, you will look for the area of their comment that you could correct. And so rather than listening to the parts that they're truthful about, uh, you are quick to correct them on a particular issue that they just nuanced wrong. Finding the crack in the argument. Yeah, finding the crack in the argument. I was in a conversation once with actually another minister who had called me pretty aggressive in the conversation, and, and I was trying to communicate to him really the reality of what was going on and as the conversation was going on, he was not listening at all. He had come in with, with a certain criteria in his head about how what had happened and what he had in his mind actually wasn't even close to reality. And I, early on in the conversation, I had attempted several times to communicate what the reality was, not what he had heard or what he was assuming. And both times he jumped in, jumped in way too early, wasn't really listening, wasn't waiting, and then he did that several times, and then I realized it's not worth it for me to even engage, for me even to talk. And he was kind of pontificating for a while, and I wasn't engaging in the conversation anymore because I thought, well, he's not listening anyway. And he got to the point where he said, wait, are you still there? And I said, I am. He said, well, you're not saying anything. I said, because I decided that it didn't matter because you're not listening. I said, I'm willing to talk again if you're willing to listen this time. I said, but we're not having a communicate or conversation if you're not going to listen to what I have to say. So if we're going to continue this conversation, you have to promise that you're actually going to start listening. And after that, the conversation went a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you've been in those moments, I'm sure. You mm-hmm. might have been the person that, and I have been the person that was jumping in. And so the first one is that we have to wait. Yeah, we also have. Yeah, we have definitely have to be comfortable with the silence, so that um, we aren't just immediate. That gives a person uh, cause to think that you've actually heard them. The second thing that on quick to listen is attending. How can we? What does it mean? How can we practice this? Means not thinking of your response while the other person is talking. Uh, giving your attention to what's being said and not letting your mind wander. Cause it goes back to, if you're, if you're formulating your response while they're still talking, then you're not actually hearing what they're saying. Ken Sandy will give examples of what we can do to demonstrate that we're still in the conversation, you know, and, and, and our body language will tell somebody that as well but just simply nodding your head you know as you're listening to them or 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 giving them an uh-huh or just a you know just i see uh, you know just 
you're not interrupting their conversation in the train of thought that they have, but you are just you are actually encouraging them in that sense to complete their thoughts. Sometimes when my kids were younger and you were talking to them and you got the the distinct impression that they weren't attending, I would often just slip into the conversation a, a, a nonsensical sentence like yes. the the elephant ate the hat. Yes. And wait to see if there was a response. And if there were, they would say, wait, what? Dad, what? I'm like, I was just checking. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were listening. You snap mm-hmm. them back to reality. And we all have those moments where either we're engaged with somebody in conversation and the other person is, is clearly someplace else. Or we've been in those situations where we're like, you know what? Their mouth was moving. I'm not sure I was listening to a thing right. that yeah, they were saying. Yeah, attending to the conversation what doesn't you mean say? you're rolling your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I just I just preached a passage. Do you mind if I talk about yes, it? Oh, yes. yeah. So I just, yeah. I just preached a passage just a couple weeks ago. It, I believe it was chapter 25 of 1 Samuel. This is where Nabal, who was the husband of Abigail, mm. um, insulted David through his emissaries, insulted David. David was bringing soldiers to kill Nabal and all of the men that worked for him. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal, who later became David's wife, he she went to David as David was coming with the army to commit murder. And she said, may I have your ear? May I speak into your ear? And she was calling for his complete attention. And then what we have is the longest real narrative of a woman in the entire Bible being spoken there. But it, it, it was preceded with, please give me your undivided attention. Mm-hmm. 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 The third category. And David did. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I'm he did. Throw that in there. He did. I didn't wait long enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. please. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> the third, <laughs> third tip that he gives on listening is clarifying. What does this look like in a conversation? Saying things like, what I'm hearing you say is X, Y, Z, rather than assuming you've got everything and understand it perfectly, a way to kind of ensure that you actually are listening and hearing what they're saying is put it in your own words back to them to see if That's that right. is exactly what they meant. And it's okay to say, I I think I know what you're saying, but let me be clear. Right. Is, is this what you mean by that? And it's okay to, to admit that maybe you weren't following exactly their line of thought or their thinking, their, their logical development, whatever it might be. Clarifying is, is involves a question generally. You know, you're asking a, a, a question. You might be making a statement by saying, tell me more about that. But you're, you're really trying to find out information uh, so that you have the full story, so that you're not going in there with guns half blazing yourself. That you actually, you know, because sometimes, sometimes as we seek to make peace with somebody, we realized that we didn't have all the right information. Mm-hmm. We were told something by somebody else, and now we've gone in there to to challenge or to confront a situation. And by clarifying, you know, are you saying this or tell me more about that? Could you give me an example? I'm confused here. Uh, let me see if I understand. Those are all ways in which we begin to hear and listen to what the other person says. And this is also an opportunity that, say, your mind did wander. You didn't attend quite the way you should. You could pause and say, you know, apologize, my mind wandered. Could you repeat that or clarify what you just said? 
And related to this idea of clarifying is reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's slightly different, but has some similar traits. How is it? What does it mean to to use reflecting in a conversation? That would be that would be basically repeating their argument back to them in and you know presenting it in the best way possible, um, so that they actually hear you repeat what they've said that you they actually know that you they've communicated their part without to you. without spin without spin and no yeah. spin zone on that yeah. and i think it's important in that reflecting part of the conversation to also be very mindful of the need for the waiting component that we started with yeah yeah here i'm going to repeat back what you said pause allow them to provide some clarification and mm-hmm. correction of maybe how you didn't reflect well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and w- one thing that i do i just find myself doing this in situations if i get stuck on something that they've said and they've they're moving on mm-hmm. and i'm still thinking about what they said I'll, I'll actually stop them and say say let's continue with this but i'm stuck on something you said a minute ago can we go back to that can we readdress that because i don't want to just let that slip by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the one way to reflect as well. Mm-hmm. It, it helps because you're understanding their interest at that point. Mm-hmm. And then the last tip that he gives for listening is agreeing. What does that mean? Well, certainly there, hopefully in the process, you can find areas of agreement. You were right about this. I was wrong about that. Or, you know, a lot of what you've said is actually precise or true in this respect and so you're trying to find some points of agreement you may not agree with everything that that person has said because as you approach something you realize that you might have been part of that problem or you know you're owning your own part but you're and you might be agreeing to those parts that they've said you might not be agreeing to everything or you can agree to disagree even Mm -hmm. well you've been listening to the gospel for life we'll see you tomorrow